Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. Once again, to a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires, the podcast, a weekly podcast on each episode of the television series, A Discovery of Witches, which can be found on such channels as Shudder, AMC Network, and Sundance Network, which are all um, in the US of A. Uh, also, uh, you can find it in various places in the UK as well. And after that, I have no idea. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Good. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? Oh, just fine. Excellent. And in the province of Alberta, Canada? Hello, everyone. This is Sean. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good. I hope everyone else is doing so as well. Excellent. Uh, so for folks who are curious, it's just some housekeeping. Uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com, a network that focuses on uh, various genre things. So movies such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, house, art house, midnight movies, cult films, foreign films, and the like. We basically try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, the Dark Discussions podcast is a part because that comes out weekly. Um, and uh, this week, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, at the end of the week, there will be an episode of the recap of 2021 that will be released, uh, talking about all the, the horror and genre films of 2021 and Dark Discussion's official uh, list of what was best. Um, also, uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com and you can email us at www.darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us uh, um, menu option on the top menu and it will open up a box and you can fill out the box just like an email and send it straight to us. We will read your emails on the podcast if uh, you do send us an email. Um, so, um, for folks who have stumbled upon us, uh, we've been around this podcast here, Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires, for uh, two seasons. Uh, the first season, we just did a one and done, and then uh, we liked that season a lot, so we went on and did um, the podcast for the entire uh, each episode of season two, and we are back now for season three. Uh, there's also a chance that we will have a few extra episodes, including interviews with some folks related to the television show, as well as probably our wrap up 
of not necessarily season three, but the entire series. Uh, so uh, look out for that. Uh, so we should be here until end of February, early March, uh, for sure. Uh, each episode tries to come out on Mondays. Uh, the last episode did not because uh, uh, when there's a holiday, uh, the episodes will not come out on Monday. Uh, last week on the, the 17th was the day that the Martin Luther King holiday was uh, recognized. So uh, editing and all that, no one was home to do that. And so we didn't get the episode out until Wednesday the 19th. But uh, tonight's recording, which is January 23rd, 2022, a Sunday, we will hope to have this episode out uh, by uh, late uh, Monday afternoon, the 24th of January, 2022. All right, so uh, that's pretty much all the house cleaning. Um, you can uh, also join us uh, on Patreon. Uh, button on the, the darkdiscussions.com Facebook page because, again, we uh, do not make any money doing this, uh, so any donations is appreciated, though it's not required because we're doing this mostly for fun. Uh, also, um, you can find this podcast on the Dark Discussions podcast feed, wherever podcasts are found, as well as on the website, but also on a Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires um, feed as well. Again, wherever podcasts are found. Now, uh, speaking of emails, uh, Sean, we, we did get an email uh, this week. Is that correct? We did indeed. Uh, this email is from Debbie Ledesma, and she says, Hello, gentlemen. I enjoyed your podcast and insights on episode two. You all point out aspects I haven't thought of. A few points I'll share. I believe Matthew's character is on a redemption arc in this season. He not only wants to change because of modern times, but wants to be a good husband and father for his family. In the book, he goes through a world of hurt. I think the Weavers are hated and killed by the other witches because their power allows them to create spells with their magic. Their imaginations allow them to do almost anything within certain limits. I believe while the other witches have to rely on already available spells. I've read the books, but don't remember how Benjamin was created by Matthew. When he appeared in Prague, it was just said he was an insane killer. I'm not sure. Benjamin is really twisted, a really twisted vampire in the books. I'm sure that the series will swing back to Diana. The books are all in her point of view, but you really can't do a first person POV in a TV series. Also in the first book, when Diana saves Matthew from dying, she asks the goddess for help. The goddess ex expects Diana to pay her back. The series hasn't followed this thread too closely, but she did ask the goddess for help in the first season. I found you're uh, going to team Baldwin humorous. His returning to the family is portrayed differently. In the book, when Baldwin uh, confronts Diana and Matthew as head of the family, he interrupts them in their bedroom while they're being intimate. That was a disgusting move on his part and certainly didn't endear me to him, though he improves later. I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Until then, take care. Best wishes, Debbie. Thanks for the email, Debbie. All right, and that's interesting that uh, she wrote uh, specifically, specifically the very beginning point, uh, which is um, a redemption arc. And uh, me and Sean, you were we were talking about this offline a little while ago, so we'll we'll, we'll bring that up tonight Indeed. with uh, yeah. episode yeah, that's three. An important one. Indeed, yeah, sure was. Uh, also, um, yeah, I, I know uh, Baldwin. Um, 
uh, is a stinker because uh, we did get Lila, I think, wrote that in her email last week about how he's annoying and, and whatnot, even in the book. So um, the show obviously um, didn't show him interrupting them while they were in bed being intimate. So um, it softened that blow a little bit, especially after he got bitten by um, uh, the blood rage uh, vampire. Jack. Jake, yeah. Jack. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about uh, all those topics um, in Debbie's uh, email for sure. Because yeah, I think uh, Barrett, you're, I haven't talked to you yet, but obviously it appears you're on the same pages that me and Sean are probably going to go with, as well as Debbie. And uh, I'm sure Kevin, you have a lot to say as well. Um, so all right, so um, tonight's episode, we're talking about episode three of season three of the podcast uh or i mean of the tv show and uh this podcast will uh have spoilers uh again though anybody who's uh listening to us obviously is a fan of the show went out and searched for podcasts or news on the show and uh, that's how you discovered us so uh we're assuming that uh you had already seen the episode uh before even listening to uh the podcast um all right so uh i guess we can uh begin um and uh first i wanted to start where uh i went off and i read uh den of geek i think is the website or geek of den is i don't know but either way they have a uh, recap weekly of uh episodes on the series and uh she um the woman that wrote the article which i forget since i do not have the article open anymore uh she mentioned that um two things uh jack is a uh, she compared Jack to a rabbit, not a rabbit dog, a, a um, stray dog that has been adopted by a family, and it was an interesting analogy because usually an, a stray dog is still friendly and loving and whatnot, but uh, unfortunately may uh, have problems, um, just like humans who have been abused or treated terribly. Um, animals, including dogs, uh, especially stray dogs that have been abandoned or beaten or whatever, um, do have mental illness as well that can affect their trust in others, affect their own um, uh, uh, what's the word? Your own, when you don't love yourself. What's that called? Um, Your self-loathing. Yeah, self-esteem. Thank you. That's what I'm yeah and things of that nature so I, I thought that was interesting and another thing she mentioned was exactly what um uh debbie talked about which is uh this season it seems that it's going to be a redemption arc for our uh, male hero uh, matthew uh as we saw in the, the first two episodes he was kind of unappealing and whatnot but um this episode for sure shows that uh um, he's, 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 he possibly will be turning over a new leaf. And, uh, in this case here, um, he was good. He was good. Uh, the character is back on, I'm, I'm back at a team, Matthew. So, um, so what, what, what do we want to talk about? What do we want to say? What's going on? Well, I totally agree that this is definitely a redemption arc season. Um, but because I think there's less episodes, they're having to move it pretty quick, move it along pretty quick. So I think this whole episode is his redemption episode. Right, and that's an ex. Oh, go on, Sean. Yeah, no, I was just going to say exactly. It's just like even just how he conducts himself is yeah. like almost 
completely opposite to how he was in last episode or the episodes before. And this is where, when I was talking with you offline, uh, Phil, that like watching him in this episode, I had much more empathy for him yep. because I saw that he was contrite and like actually remor- had remorse for what had taken place. And so his interactions that he has in this episode really showed a different side that I appreciated and like, okay, now I can be much more on board with him. Yeah. Yeah. And the woman in uh, Den of Geek, that article, she wrote the, something similar to uh, specifically what you said, Barrett, which is since they're, oh, they only have seven episodes, she didn't specifically say that, but she implied it. But what she did say was an entire uh, forgiveness after 200 years of hatred and anger between uh, the head of the uh, Claremont, the Claremont family in New Orleans and Matthew um had to be done effectively or or, or it just wouldn't be believable and um they chose how do you a good do that path. yeah they did <laughs> yeah how, how do you do that right in in 15 minutes of a 45 to 55 minute television episode um because you know that's that's crazy but um they 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 most certainly were able to pull it off quite well um, yeah it was so well done and it's it's not necessarily the length of it although in in your mind it's the length of it it's but in the storyline it's only probably about five to ten minutes but it's an all-night event (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's true that's true um now it appears that matthew and his crew uh, of Jack and uh, um, what's his vampire Marcus? son? Mar- Marcus, thank you. Marcus. Yeah. Uh, the three of them have been in New Orleans for, seems like a couple of months. Um, based on, so we, we fast forward pretty, pretty far, it seems. Um, and uh, also, we. Well, you we, can. We, I'm I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but I mean you can tell that they've been going ahead a few months because you look at Diana's uh, Diana's belly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's way she, pregnant now. <laughs> she's gone quite. She's moved quite along uh, in the gestation uh, period. So um, yeah, so you can tell it's been a few months since they they were there, and uh, and I just want to echo what, what Barrett and Sean were saying is that this was a very good time for Matthew you know obviously it was an all-night thing when he was listing every single person that he killed and he, he showed remorse he he I was half expecting Matthew to bow down like go on his knees and say I am so very sorry um like what he did with uh with his brother but I mean he said I I have remorse I I regret every single one and if he could cry, he probably would have. I mean, he was really, you can tell, he, the actor really showed a good remorse. He showed that he, he really hated what he did, even though at the time he thought what he was doing was right. He realized it was so bad, and he really wanted to show these people, these, uh, this, uh, this group in New Orleans that, yes, he has, he has changed. He has reformed. And then he even goes when he even goes back to the house they were staying in and he looks at Marcus and he apologized to Marcus like flat out. I screwed up. I am so sorry. I regret it all. 
And so, I mean, he even redeemed himself a little bit. He even redeemed himself with Marcus. You know, and Marcus was pretty torqued off with him. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, and and again, I'll, I'll throw out the Den of Geek article. They mentioned that about Marcus as well, and his apology to Marcus. Um, how is a, is a character that is programmed not to um, to show, uh, I guess, remorse, um, and so he's growing as a character too uh, because he is beginning to. Um, show remorse in his own actions uh which we've discussed new, uh, a very good amount in last episode of the podcast and you know you could say well you know maybe he's just um uh doing it because he has to or you know, you know because we know we we see so many things where a politician or a, or or someone uh, apologizes when something gets leaked or they they did a crime or or, or said something terrible and then they apologize yeah, if they never got caught, they they never would have apologized. You know, they don't care. You know, <laughs> like it's that year, for right? getting caught, not for the actual. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's like right. the cheater that enjoyed what they did, but when they got caught, they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," but they don't really mean it. Sounds exactly. like a politician. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's my analogy. Exactly, as a politician. So um, here, I, I don't. I mean, you could say that's possible because you know, again, here, you know, he's he's apologizing. Because that's the only way he can get his way. Um, but I, I, I believe um, it, it wasn't. It, it was. It was. It was true. At least that's how I, I got. Well, I think too. Like he, we've seen him. He can be a little bit of a politician, but I think that's much more Baldwin's ballywack is uh, for the for the story. So, yeah. But I, I think there's like there is a genuineness to how he carries himself because he's carrying himself different than usual. There is, he's more, there isn't that kind of cocky, um, arrogant, uh, air that he has about him most of the time there. The, he's, he has a lessened demeanor in how he's in, in the episode, at least that's what it seemed to me. So, and just how he was talking and, um, you know, not getting angry when being called out, right? And just finding a different way to respond, which I think is not usually his normal way. So I think that's what made it much more um, poignant going through that process and, and, and making himself that vulnerable, which I'm sure no one really expected. And, you know, hopefully that's kind of what then the people who ha he has caused <laughs> terrible harm to can see that he you know there's a um he's mean it he's not just going through the motions and he's making himself vulnerable and, and showing it by how he's you know conducting himself in the in the um just the episode itself so mm -hmm. yeah it's true um so i, I I'm, I'm agreeing with you. i think i think it's he, he's um it's legit. Um, so, uh, what, what do we want to talk about uh, specific to the episode, or do we want to talk about more uh, things like like this? Um, uh, well, let, let's let's talk a little bit about Jack um, and stuff too. Um, this episode made me uh, feel a little more uh, sympathy for Jack as well, 
um, because again, uh, he wasn't a monster before he was a vampire, and he's a monster now. But again, it's only because of the blood rage, um, which at this point we can, we can agree. I assume all of us would agree um, is an illness because the the vampires that uh, aren't um, afflicted with it uh, are very happy they they don't have it. Um, even the evil vampires like uh, Jabir. Um, so um, what do you guys think of, of Jack's story and, and what's going on there? Um, well, touching on that aspect, I would be the idea of like, not only is he dealing with the blood rage, but the torture and the manipulation that he's had from Benjamin. So there's, there's always a, an essence that you're culpable for your actions, but in his case, when you've been tortured and programmed, uh, you know, there is a little bit more leeway of understanding and empathy for his situation because he didn't choose it. And like, I'm sure no one wants to be tortured and, you know, do horrible, commit horrible atrocities. Uh, so it's, it gave him a little bit more, again, against the sense of humanity again, and just, you know, even when the, the sequence where he's talking about trying to learn to, to be calm and to, you know, to deal with it better. Um, so hopefully it gives you the, the hope that in time they'll be able to get the cure and that he'll be able to be one of those people who can then maybe write a new path for himself that isn't so uh, bloodstained. Yes. Right, well, right. It, it's the fact that um, Matthew didn't kill him. Uh, um, it was one of those things that it caught the uh, the one guy. Um, I forgot the man's the man's name uh, in New Orleans, kind of the head guy in New Orleans. Um, I should know his name. Sorry, but yeah, I, don't, um, I don't think any of us remembers his name. Ransom. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. I think that's it. Ransom. Yes, it is yeah. Ransom. It is okay. the same character name in the uh, C.S. Lewis uh, Space Trilogy series. But anyway, um, Ransom's reaction when Marcus told him that, yes, there is a blood rage uh, killer on the loose and Matthew knows who he is, but he refused to kill him. He kind of kind of gave him a say what look. Um, and then. I think that's what got his it really got his attention. The okay, I'll talk to Matthew because then he confronted. You we see that he confronted Jack. They talked a little bit, and then he said, "You know, this is this is a killer. You know, why why haven't you killed him?" He says, "Because we can, we think we can help him control it. Is he under control? No, but he's on his way." Yeah, and so they're realizing, okay, maybe Matthew really has reformed. Maybe he has changed. Yep, and and I I I think that that also shows that um, I I think well that's the thing it's, it's like I, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up because I mean all right we, we say you know we know Matthew has done bad things in the past and we know that he has the blood rage and all that and he's been able to get it under control now for a good hundred and something years, but that doesn't mean that he never had empathy for others. And um, it appears that, yeah, he most certainly uh, has empathy and um, family well, love for Jack. Go on, Bert. And there's a good reason to think that he has empathy, but he was following orders and not that that's an excuse, but, you know, 
in the time scheme, we don't know how dependent he was on Philippe. And, you know, he obviously followed his orders to a T. <laughs> and he really didn't get out of that order order taking until Philippe's gone and he starts doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah that's true, too. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, he spared all the, a lot of the New Orleans folk, too. That's a good point. I go on. Uh, sure. Well, you think of it, if we're going to go like going along those lines where, you know, he's more dependent on uh, Philippe, if Philippe didn't die until World War II, then Matthew's actual independence isn't really that long in the right. scheme of things, right? Exactly. Like for him, not very long at all, because, you know, 70, 80 years to him is, you know, just a blip. Especially if you've been around for a few centuries, right? Like, mm -hmm. so to, to the number of centuries that he was like under control or whatever, compared to this like newfound freedom, is a very there's a big gap. So, exactly. Well, let's get into part of the uh, uh, the the movie. I mean, the episode itself, and then we we can add further into either Jack or Matthew's story. Um, the one interesting thing aspect about this show or this episode here was that 95% of it focused really on Matthew Marcus Jack or, or Diana's story and then the other stuff whether it was Jabir or, or um, Knox or, or whatever th those were, were much smaller um, but but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that um, where do we want to begin well let's go with the Hubbard and Knox part yeah, so right. that that yeah, was really that good. was very good. Like, yeah. I really like Hubbard. Oh yeah, he's awesome. Like, he's really good. Yeah, see, th yeah, th this I'm, was I'm starting to like him. Th this was the I've always liked the character. Yeah, me I too. Always, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I always question his motives. Well, you know, because because he, he he plays everything very coy. Um, but after tonight's uh, not tonight's, but but the episode three, um. I've I've concluded that he he's a good guy now. He's on he's on the side of good. He's not a uh, you know a bad guy because there was things that made us you know how Matthew reacts to him and all this other stuff that still made me wonder is he really who he is? And it appears he is. So yeah, they used I mean, the experience with him was good, right? To to give you that question like, can you trust him or not? And so it was in, you know, this episode, you got to actually see, yeah, this guy definitely cares about the people he's got in his protection and that he's trying to make good choices, right? Sorry, Kevin. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, because, I mean, we also see Knox, uh, he's, he's losing, uh, he's, he's losing his influence I wouldn't say his power, but definitely his influence because he reached in to try to pull out that little marble thing that, uh, yeah, he uses to control other people and, uh, you know, wasn't having anything to do with it. Next thing you know is he's up against the wall, his hands on that, his hands on his wrist and the other hands on his neck, just saying, you're not trying that on me. And Knox looked scared. And, and that was just awesome. It, oh, yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> yeah. And it's, just, and it's funny because, I mean, the last, because, <clears throat> I mean, he had that scared look when he dealt with um, uh, Sa Sa Sado. Sato. Sato. Uh, Sato. Yeah, that's it. Sato. You know, he had that 
he had that same reaction the oh i'm in trouble and now that he's off the council i it it makes you wonder what uh, Jabert would do uh because no one else is really paying him much attention and if he realizes that knox is really makes you i mean i don't know i've not i, I haven't read the book sorry um makes you wonder what's going to happen with him and the rest of his supposed allies is just that now no one's really paying attention to him, especially now that he's off the council. Well, it's yeah, also he, interesting. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say he's like a uh, a wounded dog now. But anyway, go go on, uh, Sean. Well, he has, he's a rogue agent, so he's just doing whatever he wants now. The fun part with him, though, is that he's so cocky in his own power that now he's run up to two different people that have put him in his place and it's maybe there's a realization that he's not as powerful as he thinks he is because of how Satu, you know, he took him down last week and the way that Hubbard did in this episode, it just, I, you know, maybe this will be something to maybe he'll down the ha. road, change his plans. No, it'll just make him more vengeful. You think so? <laughs> oh yeah. He's well, the it, kind of person that's, you know, kind of vengeful. So Go ahead, though, Phil. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say he's one of those interesting characters because, you know, again, I was just the political uh, person analogy where a politician um, gets defeated complete embarrassingly and whatever. And some of them, not all, but, and, and some of them are, um, are, you know, I mean, we even see it today where they don't disappear and they should just disappear. Um, but, this this uh, and and I don't mean anyone specific, um, but here it's like here he is he's he's embarrassed he lost his power whatever he's 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 got money he's got power uh, power in in the sense that he's smart and and he has some sort of shell company or something I'm sure so he could just go quietly away and and, and you know give it up in his machinations uh, for whatever <laughs> they were you know, failed and it is what it is. And he can just go and, you know, get himself a little house on, on a nice lake and, and just retire. But based off of what we're seeing in the past two episodes, uh, when he um, talked to the Finnish witch and got embarrassed again, and then with Hubbard and he got embarrassed again and just what he's trying to do now, um, he, he's not that person. He's a, a psycho. <laughs> he's a psychopath. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, he's he's already killed one of Diana's aunts. He got thrown off the council. He tried to assassinate Baldwin uh, in season two, and, or, or yeah, I think it was season two. And he's now completely lost all his allies, and yet he's still. He doesn't learn, so, right? <laughs> he doesn't learn. Yeah. Well, I think he's right. an interesting villain in the sense, too, because I'm sure in his mind, he's the hero. He's oh, doing yeah. what he has to do to protect stuff. And so it's like that line from uh, The Dark Knight where they're talking about you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. So right. he thinks he's doing all these you know, just things to protect, but no, you're just a villain. Well, and, and that's that. I think you realize that. Right, right. And that's the thing that's interesting because, you know, we, I, again, here's another analogy. You know, you have these filthy, wealthy, rich business people that have billions of dollars or millions of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars who 
lobby the politicians continuously to change the world in a, in a way they want it to be, similar to what Knox is, tries to do. Yet, in 15 to 20 years from now, these wealthy individuals will pass away just for the fact that they'll die of old age. And what they've done since then is create a world that all these young people now, and not that the young people are guilty, because a lot of them are guilty for being stupid too and do terrible things. But now we have all these people that have to live in this world that people like Knox's try to create when you're not even going to be here in 10 years because you're an old man and you're going to pass away. And I know, I know, you know, you're, you know, you're on the planet, you got to do what you want to do. But you, at one point you got to just think and say, you know, I, I, I just got to retire. I got to go to that house on the lake. <laughs> well, and how much do you and, have to have? Cause you can never take it with you. Right. At least <laughs> that we know of, you can have all this, this wonderful wealth that you have, but like, or this power in Knox's case, what he wants, right? Yeah. Well, and nobody well, ever gives it up, do they? They always want more, and that is their ultimate downfall if they have a downfall. Otherwise, they die of old age and unhappy because they never actually will achieve what they really want because you can't have everything <laughs> well, despite didn't, wanting uh, it. Did, didn't the book – Didn't the, when they were talking about the book, didn't they even mention that the witches want – people like Knox was maybe hoping to find immortality. I that's mean, I true. Yes. They were using that words. They're using immortality. And that's yeah. not just, you know, you're going to be rich enough that nobody can get you. It's immortality. Like you're not going to die. Like the vampires. Yeah. Um, yeah right. Exactly. There was one and two, right? No, no. Yeah, no was Kevin. Was that Kevin? Yeah. Sean? Oh, no, I was just saying that Javert wants that too, right? Like, each of the ones who's trying to go after the book, if you're the villains, it's to have the access to immortality and the power, right? Right. Well, Javert technically is immortal, right? So I I guess he just wants power. Well, he wants wants power, but I think he also wants to use it for that power to destroy the the Declaremonts. Right. You know, yeah, that's he true. Wants, he wants the ultimate power. He still sees the Declaremonts as in his way. So, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point about Knox. So Knox has a, a different motive than just gaining power. He wants immortality, and he thinks this is the way to do it. So but that not, gives him a better explanation. The vampires no, no, are not Knox, truly immortal. Yeah. Because they can be killed now. Are we? Do we know if the witches one would be like it couldn't be killed? They could just live forever. Because I wouldn't think it would be like that. Right. Well, I I I think you're you're right. Immortality doesn't necessarily mean um, you can't die. It just means that you won't die of old age. Right. Right. Okay. I just. Or sorry, I had to ask that question. Or. Or die in an accident for sure. Right. But I don't. I don't think. I don't think you would die of sickness or old age. Um, and so that's what Knox's motivation is. Then, all right. So that's fair. Even if he'll he'll do any evil thing to 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 get it, which is weird. You think? Yeah. That's the thing. It's like he could he could try to talk to people first. Say, this is my goal. This is what I want. Maybe it will help us all, and we can all live forever. But he doesn't do that. He just well, he remember, he also, right in. He, I mean, Knox wants immortality, but he also wants to knock out the vampires. 
Yeah, and, I mean, and his enemy want, witches too. They want right. ultimate. Con- I mean, Knox. Well, I mean, for himself, Knox wants ultimate control, ultimate power, if you will. You know, live forever, but also power over all the witches. So anybody that's in his way, because as far as we can tell, he's probably the one that killed Diana's parents. Right. Well, from the beginning, though, his ultimate no- motivation was destroying the vampires. That was the first thing in yeah. the first season that he was doing. That was his goal to get the pages so he could destroy vampires. Exactly. And that was that was part of it. You know, it, I think it's the he's kind of got a twofold, you know, one, destroy vampires two dominate the witches. Um, but then you get Matthew who says, I want to know what's going. I want to cure blood rage or at least stop it. You know, like even if you have it, I want to make it so that, okay, you have it, but it's not going to manifest itself. And then also people that get sired um, either get blood rage or they just don't make it. Because I remember at the beginning of the absolute first episode, season one, where I think it was Marcus that tried to sire somebody because they got hit by a car and they thought, well, if I sire him, he'll live, but he ended up dying anyway. And so, and that's when, as is, and, and that's essentially what uh, Matthew was talking about is that, you know, vampires can't really sire anymore, or they're having a tough time siring people, and uh, and those who do get blood rage. So he says we, we got it, and so that's why he wanted the book. And then I guess Diana was wanting; they also wanted to get Diana the book because witches were starting to lose their power as well. And so and then said, the All demons right, you know, are also. Got- well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm, please continue because I'm not I'm not sure why the demons will want the book ex- ex- unless they just de- don't want the vampires to have power. They're developing mental uh, illness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody, so why, all species are going out of. Yeah, like it's basically they're, they're going they're, to extinction not, almost. Exactly. They're going to extinction. They all have an issue that right. they need worked out. So this is where you need to all work together. Right. And then you could have a, a, a solution for everyone. Right. Well, the vampires are fake. The vampires are fake species uh, because they cr- uh, turn humans into vampires. While the demons and witches, I think it's it's in their DNA. Right. So, you know, you're born a demon or you're born a, a witch. Um, like Diana was born a witch and she just didn't know it. Um no. I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, with with Diana's kids, you know, with Diana and Phil, or Diana, Philip, uh, Diana and Matthew's children, will they be witches, or will they be born a vampire, or a Hybrids. combination of two? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what we got with the the demon, the head of that woman demon that's on the council. Her grandchild turned out to be a witch. Right? Yeah. Because her granddaughter, I mean, not her granddaughter, her, her daughter-in-law is a witch. And when the witch and demon, her son, who's a demon, um, had a child with the, his wife, the witch, it turned out to be a witch. So it, it is curious which way it'll go. Is there a dominant gene that will say, you know, which is the dominant? So most people will be witch or is it just random? You know, I mean, we don't know. Um, you know, someone to like, you know, blue eyes versus brown eyes. If you have two parents, which, which, you know, is it a coin flip or not? Um, so also for Jabir, um, that's a good point about Jabir is that his goal is he just wants to wipe out 
enemy family. So he's almost like a mob boss in a sense where he just wants the power and any other, you know, so if you say he's like the Italian mob, for example, and, and the Irish mob or another Italian family is trying to move in on his territory to sell fentanyl or whatever they, they sell. I have no idea what they sell. And he gets pissed. And, and so they have the shootouts and they, they wipe out, you know, the Irish head or the, the other Italian head or the Jewish head or whoever. And I think he's, he's kind of like a mob boss where he just wants to, he's looking at the, the Claremonts as another family that he decides he, he just wants to take out. So his motive is almost criminal rather than, uh, you know, just eliminate all who are, are in his way. Well, the thing is that the Claremonts are the only, not really the only, but the main thing in his way. That's why he wants to go get rid of, because the Claremonts, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the mother de Claremont, I mean, she hasn't, she, it's like, has she even left set tours? I mean, has even, she, she even left that town? I, she, you rarely see her out of the castle when they, when she does, I mean, she, she doesn't really leave her, that little town, you know, it's Matthew and, um, Ah, I forgot the older brother's name already. Um, uh, 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 Baldwin. Baldwin, right? Thank you. It's you know, it's it's Matthew and Baldwin that you know, in their own way, are standing in the way of people who want power. And the thing is, is that they don't want power for themselves. They just want to be- keep the balance of power. But uh, because they, because I, um, it's obvious Matthew doesn't want to rule. It's obvious that you know his brother does. Uh, Butler doesn't want to. But Butler Baldwin. Ah, sorry, sorry. Baldwin doesn't want to rule, you know. But the thing is, is that neither one of them wants your bear or Knox to rule, you know. And I don't know. It's just, it, it's not that I'm exactly Team Baldwin, but at the same time, I I have to give respect to Baldwin for, you know, trying to keep trying to keep the balance of power going on. Yeah, Team Baldwin. There you go. Um, and, no, and I agree. I mean, Baldwin. Baldwin isn't, he's a politician, but he's not an unethical politician, but he plays the game. He's, he's basically what Ned Stark wasn't right. Ned Stark in game of Thrones, uh, wasn't a a good politician because he didn't know how to play Play the game. game. (laughs) He was too honorable. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. While, while Baldwin isn't a bad guy necessarily based off of what we've seen on the TV show anyway, but um, he, but he has to, to, because he represents a certain faction of the, of the council and, and the vampires, never mind, and a powerful family. He has to play the game, uh, which means he has to lobby and, and make deals and all this other stuff that can make people go, Ugh. but, He's doing it, at least in his eyes, and 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 in a sense, most people could agree, uh, for uh, fairly uh, good meaning reasons. Yeah, he almost died so, for them, right? <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> so so he, he's most certainly different than than uh, Javier for sure, or Knox, who used to be on the council. Absolutely, um, and that's the problem. The council is like the UN, right, where you have Certain countries that, you know, you know, like you have the human rights bo- uh, board in the UN, and then some crazy country that's mass murdered hundreds of people in the past, you know, five years, 
is accepted and put on the council. And it's like, why are they on the council? And so we have this council of, of uh, supernatural creatures. And unfortunately, you have people on the council that represent, quote unquote, bad, you know, and it's like, you got to deal with them, unfortunately, because they're there. They're not going away. Um, so and, and, you know, most people aren't going to. Uh, do a, a mob hit like Jabir would most certainly willing to be to do, you know, that, that's the difference. Jabir is willing to do the mob hits while um, Baldwin and the, the demon lady aren't there to, to, to kill anybody. They just are trying to deal with a psychopath that's on the council. So, yeah. Trying to keep a balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the cold war, right? Yep. The Iron Curtain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, now let's talk about the book and, and, and the, the, the pages, right? The, um, uh, my little daughter wanted to watch the show with me. She was, she was, uh, um, came in and I don't know if it was, it was necessarily appropriate, but there's, there's not much violence or, or any nudity in the show. Uh, there was one F bomb, unfortunately, but, um, uh, besides my, daughter going "Ooh, he said a bad word um, <laughs> uh, uh, she, she, uh, she was pretty fine and so she was trying to ask about the pages so I tried to explain the pages as like spells you know because she's a witch that Diana that she's a witch and um, she has uh, you know getting the pages because there's spells on the pages and that's why that man Knox wants the pages too um, how do what what is the book and, and these pages? What, what what's going on? Explain this for for myself. Never mind anybody else. Anyone want to pick, try to pick that up? There's a couple of things that uh, I think from even last episode that I noticed when they mentioned the book is that it almost sounds like the book may have been it may have included uh, DNA from vampires or something like that. It's and I'm thinking to myself, what is this, the, 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 the Army of Darkness Necronomicon or something? You know, the Evil Dead Necronomicon because, and they're calling it the Book of Life. But, and I think it was like, I think it was made from each, like a sand, like something from each of the creatures. And I yeah. can't remember what they were, but it was like, wasn't like the, like the ink was blood from one creature and the, 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 the pages were the, like the skin of another creature or something like that. I'm like, Wow, this is and isn't it considered hitting. the first grimoire? At least I think that's, yeah, that's what, what Knox they was talking about. So yeah, they they, they mentioned. I don't. I still don't know what the grimoire is. I I I don't know. Um, but the thing is, is that they think that this book is kind of the. It, it's it's almost like, I wouldn't say Gray's book of an uh, of an anatomy, but something awfully close to you know, the other the creatures, so that we will get an idea of the original like DNA sequence of each of the creatures and things like that. In other words, they think that this will help them understand how, where witches came from, where vampires came from, where demons or demons came from. And so it's, that's why they call it book of life. And it's, and the thing is though, is that they can be used, it could be used. They all believe that it could be used to heal but it also could be used to destroy. And so that's why they, that's why, you know, the, that's why everybody wants the hold of this book because Matthew wants it to use it to heal and Knox wants it to use it to destroy. Knox and Jaber want to use it to destroy. 
And I just want to take this uh, quick uh, note to say that this also shows us about um, her uh, father, her uh, with the age, the the vampire, the uh, Hubbard. Hubbard, thank you, Father Hubbard, um, who possessed this page for so long, and he knew it's of its importance, and he willingly gave it to Di- to Diana, and it really didn't take Diana too long to convince him. You know, he knew Diana, he trusted Diana. And if he could trust Diana, then he realized, okay, I can trust Matthew and I'll give him the page, even though it, it could mean trouble, but he said it's far, it's far easier. It's better for everybody if Diana and Matthew have the page. And, and you know, what's interesting about uh, Hubbard and Diana's relationship um, is that Diana saw Hubbard and how he worked with his followers as, as, as a Episcopal priest back in, you know, underground or probably Catholic, who knows what he was uh, underground back in 1590 and, and could tell that he was quote unquote, a good man. So giving him her blood, the drop of blood where, you know, Matthew last week kind of flipped out about it when it wasn't his decision um, showed Hubbard that Diana was 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 legit and a good soul and all this other stuff so i think their earlier relationship um made it easy for hubbard to just you know say yeah right here you can take it absolutely but he did say Um, at first no and i think it was the the fact that they were going to use it to destroy vampires is what really sold him he trusted her already but that was the the final clinching thing that made him give it up Right, and he also is firsthand knowledge of uh, the blood rage, right? I yeah. mean, so if if and again, I, I don't know if if he even knows this, but if part of this is to help solve the the blood rage problem, um, it would make sense also for him to uh, be okay with giving up that page. Uh, but again, that's more of a implied uh, feeling from me because it, I don't think it was really shown on, on, on the screen that the, the, the pages plus um, the scientific work back in London um, are necessarily linked in a sense, but they kind of um, are indirectly, I guess. But again, that would just be my connection that I, I, I felt, but not necessarily quote unquote true. Um, so um, there's one page left, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Now that was pretty awesome. Um, how Diana was at the library. That was they, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that that whole scene was pretty awesome, and yeah, that woman that kept on looking at her kind of made me suspicious, but it was really just a red herring um, to have you know just some nosy person that Diana decided to put up the um the fantastic illusion cool yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well and it also that... made it look like she was not doing anything magical. Exactly. <laughs> yeah what was that what's that first level of dungeons and dragons spell uh, minor illusion yeah yeah something like that exactly yeah so um so that was pretty awesome I like that. Yeah, and it and it's and it's cool to see Diana starting to use her abilities 
Um, and I think one of the things with her, with her aunt, uh, they, you know, they were saying that, you know, you've got to become, you've got to become, I think one more comfortable with your abilities. And I carry that there was, there was a good moment between those two where, I mean, one, I mean, I know she was saying, yeah, Diana, she's, she's, she's fixed on a goal and you can't get in her way and all that sort of thing. But it, when they had a talk and they said, you know, you have to, you have to have confidence in your abilities because that's what will really help become very powerful. You know, that's what will really help you become a really, uh, you know, really skilled and a really good witch. And, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is that, I mean, you think about it, think about first season. She couldn't do that. She couldn't do any of that. Um, now I think you asked her to go back in time. She, she has a lot more confidence in her abilities that she's like, okay, sure, let's go. And you know, I think she still has that. I mean, she's, she's starting to gain confidence, her abilities, which I, which is, which is good. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and she's going to need it when she faces Satu. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that was my next thing to bring up is that this episode here kind of makes us now know for sure that Sato is going to be a major villain uh, for Diana and not just um, someone that just wanted to get out from Knox, right? And she's going to do it her own way too, because when Benjamin, you know, when, when you see Benjamin approach Jabert and trying to, you know, deal with him and then see him with his dealings with Satu, like, you know, thinking that he can kind of manipulate her and Satu is just like having none of it. And then saying that she'll face down on, on Diana on her, her own terms, you know, against each other and no one else. So in a sense, there's like, to me, that's, it's like Satu is like a villain, but she's got a code of honor herself. Whether it's out of respect yeah. or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, she's, uh, she's Anton, uh, Ant, like Anton Chigurh from No Country <laughs> from Old Men. <laughs> he, he has, has a, no matter how messed up and evil he is, he, he had a code. You don't always have to it, understand it, it, it it's, but it's there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I liked how she rebuffed but, uh, Benjamin, though. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, well, first of all, Benjamin's a vampire, so I don't think she likes vampires. No, um, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. And so she's she's even more anti-vampire than Knox. And second of all, um, uh, yeah, she, she's going to go full megalomaniac i think um, i'm not sure i'm having a hard time deciding where she's gonna go i know she wants to confront diana but i feel like it's it's a red herring like you would say i feel yeah. like they're gonna come up and they're gonna shake hands you know what i mean like because yeah. they're the only two of their pat their type of power but that's maybe only a little bit of my hope i guess i don't know <laughs> Well, I think it would be cool if they just shook hands and, you know, they worked together. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they don't go that route, though, because Satu's been so slimy of a villain the first two seasons. From the moment we met her where she sends someone to hell to to um, her, to her, her torturing of Diana, which was kind of sick. Um, you know, I mean... She has a code, you know, because she she's freed the the head the the when I say the head witch, I mean 
the literal head. The witch's not, head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The witch's head. And she uh, decided to dump Knox. But a lot of it, I think it's it's your it's what you are talking about, Sean. It's it's just a code. It, it has nothing to do with her um, wanting to be a better individual. So, but what is uh, her? Where does her dislike for Diana come in? Because before it was just orders she was following from Knox. Knox pulled her out of that area and said, "This is what I want you to do." So right, I don't. So, yeah. So what is her motive? A, yeah, exactly. What's her continued motive for wanting to hurt or otherwise everybody. hurt yeah. everybody for that? Matter, well, especially right? Diana, though she seems to have something for Diana specific. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Go on. I was going to wonder because I don't know, or at least I don't think it's been explained. But if you're a weaver, like you're very powerful, if are would you be able to? steal someone else's power and acquire it for yourself i don't know could it be a situation where satu would want to the reason she would want to challenge diana is that if she could somehow get diana's power and add it to hers i mean that's a possibility uh i mean she's never come out and actually said that so i don't know if that's the act if that's the case or not or it could just be well she wants the book too right the power the book yeah her like her reasons for wanting it are not the same as Jabir's or Knox's. Well, or even Diana's. Or Diana's. Yeah. Like we don't really know what Satu's real reasons are, but they aren't what everyone else in, you know, has shown so far. And so that's Hers my even secret, right? I mean, basically yeah. she followed orders and now yeah. she's doing her own thing. And we don't know what her decided, end game is. Yeah, we don't know well, what her end game we, is. We, 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 we don't know two things. She's a cipher. That's the first thing, because we don't know any, anything about her, really. But And the second thing is we know is she's willing to do bad and evil things. But she That's can about also it. do good stuff. But she can also do good, too, right? Like the act of mercy. Yeah, yeah but, de- but there's a difference, though. Deanna, we know, only does good. Satu, we already know that she's willing to do horrible and, and things that would put per, a person in jail for 20 to 40 years. Which is why, in a sense, I thought, like, when we talked last episode of how I felt they were kind of the the balance to each other, because Diana is more pure, and Satu, not necessarily evil, but not good, right? Well, they talk well, about they talk about the angels of life and death, right? So I wonder... Yeah. Are they each the right. you know the opposite side of the coin, and they're both going to be necessary to take control of the book and do whatever needs to happen with it? Yeah, exactly. Or 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 they're shadow images of each other, and one of them has to to lose. And so, and if Satu takes over, the dark she's the dark side. You know, yeah. if you want if you want to use a Star Wars term, I I, I honestly consider her based off of what she's done and what she said in this episode as evil. Now, again, she has done some things that made me go, yeah, you know, like, like Cersei's did in game of Thrones too, but she was still evil. Cersei's, you know, even though I like that character <laughs> set too, I still feel as evil, even if she's done some good stuff, similar to Cersei's, you know, I mean, it's just what she's done 
it's kind of hard to 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 forgive you know yeah. um absolutely but again yeah it'll be interesting to see what what the motives are um and we'll find out within the next four episodes for sure uh and that's the thing we only have four episodes left that's crazy um, it is crazy we're basically at the halfway point when we get halfway through the next episode yeah past the halfway point yeah 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 um all right so uh what else we want to talk about uh um, i wanted to throw out the uh, thing about uh where sarah was gonna leave and then gallo glass and fernando are talking her out of it and explaining why she like why she needs to stay there for diana yeah all right go ahead i thought that was a, well i just thought i just thought it was a nice uh a nice way of you know trying to show that like everyone needs to be involved that this is going to be a success well, and see, that's the thing, is that Sarah, that's her name, right? The aunt? Yeah. Um, she's the type of person that I kind of alluded to with about Knox, which is, you know what? I just lost my spouse. Um, I, I, I was living a peaceful and quiet life, and then I was dragged into this crap. I, ju I just want to go home. I just want to get out of here. And that makes sense. But... But Diana looks t to her as her mother because her parents are dead, were dead and she was brought up by Sarah, basically. So I could see how Glasgow and Fernando you know, really had to try to convince her, even though it's what you want, which is to just go home, get out of this crap and just live a quiet and peaceful life. And, and it's honorable. But you got to remember your 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 quote unquote adopted daughter Diana, who really needs you at this moment, and and that's why she stays, I think. And just because you want to go and have the peaceful, uh, quiet life, doesn't mean that life itself is going to let you do that, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because she. That's the thing, right? Is that people know who she is, and he, and just by by blood she's forced to be part of the war so even if she went back home it's like you said your life may not keep it in because first of all she could be going to a funeral if if diana dies second of all she could be targeted by jabert or or, or Knox or somebody because you know jabert don't forget uh went to her house in new york to try to uh kidnap and, and killed Diana before Diana and Matthew, you know, teleported into the past. So she is technically, yeah. I mean, it's it, again, it's like the mob, right? You, you know, you, you can't get it. You're once you're in it, you can't get out. Well, there's, right? so, there's also you, the fact that like, kind of, you're talking about the mob that, you know, once you're in it, you can't get out, but think about this is, and one of the things that uh, they mentioned to her while trying to convince her to, to stay was, you know, you're going to be on your own. No. Yeah. And everybody knows where you live. So how, I mean, and you're, I mean, she'll be, because of her abilities, she'll, she can protect herself, but if she's going against Knox and your bear, maybe a few, and even Satu or whatever, she's in trouble. I mean, she, I mean, even if they don't, even if she's not a threat, she can still be used like as bait or as leverage or just as plain old vengeance 
you know, and uh, they said, and I think they even said, you'll be safer if you're here. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, Ozark season four, Sean, okay. uh, Omar Navarro, uh, he wants to leave. That ain't gonna, I can't see that, that happening, but, well, but that, that's for another day. Ozark. Um, so anyway, anyway, um, yeah, yeah. And that's what exactly, uh, Kevin, that's, that's my thoughts as well, is she can go off and live a quiet life back on her house in Upstate New York. Uh, oh yeah, upstate New York or near the Finger Lakes or wherever the hell it is. And <laughs> she could be uh be a hit for the quote unquote mob, which could be Jabir or Knox or, or, or somebody or, or Satu for that matter. Yeah, if Satu wants wants to really get at Diana, she could you know, go after Sarah. So it'll be be curious to see what happens. So yeah, that's why she stayed. Um so it could be two things, uh, Kevin, which is uh, it's safer to stay, but also uh, it's also to, to, you know, moral support for your um, your niece as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it doesn't have to be just one reason. Both reasons are good. Both reasons are very good. Yeah. And I think, you know, she realized that and she says, I mean, and that's what made her made her stay. And then later we find out uh, or later than we realize that uh, Gallo Glass, I mean, they, uh, she founds out that, finds out that Gallo Glass has essentially been watching her, her whole life. He's like, that's spying. He says, well, I was under Matthew's orders to keep an eye on her until they met. And She's trying mm-hmm. and and if, and at first, um, the thought. But no, he, he was saying that. Look, I've been watching her, making sure she's all right. You know, protecting her, and that's and and eventually she realizes. Okay, you know, that's she wasn't happy about it, but she understood why, and so she she accepted it. She she wasn't terribly thrilled, but she also understood that Gallo Glass was there to protect and even guile glass even said while she was living with you two i really didn't have to do much because they just did such a good job indeed indeed yep um yeah so sarah will um play some sort of role uh because she's obviously not a peripheral character as much as some folks may may fail because otherwise they could have just had her you know go away uh, especially if they wanted to um stream down a television series by not following everything in the book um but that wasn't the case um all right so uh what else do we want to talk about um anything else uh let's see there, there was a one scene or a scene or so with um uh, the lab where they're doing the blood work. There was uh, what other scenes were there? Um, there really isn't a whole lot else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. primarily we were. Fo- well, I mean, we, we have not discussed the final scene where he talks about his um, killings and is told that he has to tell every single one, or else they will tear him apart. Right. I well, we kind of alluded, talked to, about we it. We alluded to it, but we didn't talk specifically yeah. about it. Yeah, okay. you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he goes in, and, and I mean, that was. I, I think that was. I mean, the purpose of the meeting 
was just so that Ransom could hear uh, Matthew okay. say, I'm sorry, I, I regret, because he said, I want to see remorse. And that's when, because yeah, I mean, we actually, we get a little allusion earlier to it because um, uh, Jack was drawing pictures of his victims, you know, and like drawing their faces. And, you know, Matthew actually admired him for it because he said, you know, I, they're, they're all in my head and I, you know, and they're never going to leave but you at least found a way to express it. And so that, and so when he came in to meet up with ransom, that part of the group, and he just said, and he, he, I don't even think they were expecting him to, to say it, but no, I think they were surprised that he knew and remembered every single one. Yeah. That's why he gained their respect. Yeah. That was kind of the, yeah, that was, I mean, when he started listing off names, that's when Ransom said, all right, name all the names or else we tear you apart. And he went, and then the last one was Ransom's wife, essentially, and described it and described how, you know, and the thing is not only did he say the names, he described how he killed them, what they were doing. I mean, down to the last detail of like how, you know, where, how they died. Like he says, no, this one, this one begged, this one said nothing. This one did this, this one. I mean, he was giving. light was shining. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He was giving details to every single one. And I, yeah, go on, Phil. I was just going to interject and say, well, it just shows you that Matthew was carrying this guilt for this 200 years so yeah. in, other, in other words yeah he, he it wasn't like a mobster that again my mob analogy where they they uh, you know it, it's not personal it's business so you know they have no problem just shooting random mobsters and, and then moving on with their life without um you know ha- having nightmares they, they go home have dinner and 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 sleep well that night they don't care uh matthew it appears it's been haunting him for over 200 years so oddly this kind of gives him some closure as much as it does ransom i think yeah well yeah because i mean it's the guy that the that was ordered to kill you know your wife said you know i i wish i i i have total remorse and i mean it doesn't and they because you you live because I mean, for if like if if I killed Phil's wife and then came and says, you know, Phil, that was really bad, that was really nasty, and you know, I really regret it. You know, Phil's gonna say, you know, f you, it doesn't matter. That's not gonna bring my my daughter's mother back from the dead. It's not gonna bring my wife back from the dead. You know, you go in jail. It's you know, and I wouldn't blame him. But I mean, when you're talking about people who live for centuries, I just had to knock on wood after you said that. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not planning on murdering anybody. Know, I'm just Don't being facetious. Um, <laughs> no, no, and, and that's a fair point. I, I I guess the difference, at least I thought before this episode, was the vampires were different, and based off of all the bloodshed that the quote unquote good side has done like Elizabeth and Matthew and all the rest. The government just occurred to me. Yeah. (laughs) It it just made me feel that they were all just uh, black. They're, they're, they're all gray as can be, but bad generally just for the fact they have blood on their hands because you can't ever take back the blood. 
and so the vampires would just look at each other's loss as just uh, part of being a vampire. But this episode changes that a bit. It makes me look at it like, no, that's that's not how it is at all. Um, they have feelings and regrets and and whatnot. And and since they've lived hundreds and hundreds of years, they lived in eras where it was okay to look at your enemies as, I guess, evil people or, or, or you know, instead of just people, you know? I mean, you know, world... a, I was just going to say that, you know, like, there's that thing where World War One, where the trench warfare, and it was Christmas night, and Germany, the, the soldiers in the German bunk, uh, trench and the British trench um, made peace for the one night, and they ate and drank their together for that one night and then the next day they were back fighting because it was the war again so it, it's it's kind of made, made, made me look at the vampires a little differently after that but go on Barrett, you gonna say something i was just gonna say yeah they're just as beholden to the human emotion as the humans are and you know, like what yisbo did was kill a bunch of people because of rage really yeah it, well, it was a, just a, a, a rage of- I remember she did a lot. I mean, she killed a lot of witches um, because right. I think there was a war. You know, that's but she was why specifically when, mad at them. So it was rage that powered her. Yeah. It was an emotion. Yeah, they're, they're all subject yeah. to emotions, just like humans are. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it was interesting in that one where they had the the funeral. I can't remember if it was last episode or two episodes ago. Or no, it was it was, it was the first episode of the season where she pretty much said, "I." You know, I didn't because of my history with the witches, I didn't think it was appropriate for me to go to the funeral. You know, yeah. but, but she, I mean, she was very respectful. She was very remorseful of what she did. And out of that, she just said, I don't think a, a witch would want me to go to the funeral. Right, right, right. Yeah. So she still knows there's, there's her history, even if within the past, I guess, year since the show um began when she met diana she's she's changed but she still has a history well that's the thing when you're this long lived there's so many things that you could have done or may do that will color your past and color your future no matter what you do there's you know forgiveness and non-forgiveness are all just a step away right well i mean they even i think um it was marcus who even had the line and I can't give it the line, but it was a good one where he said, you know, we're vampires that live for hundreds and hundreds of years. Any decision we make has longstanding ramifications. Yep. And if you do it based on emotion, it can be even worse. Oh, yeah. Which is like with Matthew setting up the whole situation with Benjamin, right? And just all yep. the mess that's fallen from that. And so it's it's good that it shows that, you know, that these creatures whether they're witches or vampires or demons or whatever have these powers but they're still beholden to the same failings the the normal humans are mm-hmm. right and that like all this power all these gifts and stuff you're not free of those things and yet it's even worse for them because they don't die so the the ancestors of these people can want vengeance you know and that doesn't go away <laughs> right and that's Again, that's something else too. But because I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're a vampire, I mean, if you're a vampire and you killed a witch that had kids, and then but 
you know, the, the great, great grandkids will still re, you know, will know that this, the vampire that killed your great, great grandmother is still a lot, you know, is still alive and they'll, they'll probably want to, you know, and if they've been told their whole life, how bad vampires are, then they'll probably want some sort of retribution. And there right, was a line right, yeah. too. Oh. No, please go, please. No, I was just gonna because uh, I think there was also a line, wasn't there, where they're like, "Why are you doing all of this stuff when uh, Diana's only got another fifty years to live? When yeah. you're a vampire and you're going to be here for centuries, so like, why are you breaking or why are you doing all this or sacrifice or whatever for someone who's not going to be here for only here for such a short term? Right? They're making a bad assumption that he won't turn her. <laughs> <laughs> would she want well, to turn though i don't know but i wouldn't make the assumption that she wouldn't well well there's a couple of things one, one is that, that kind of reminds me of, of aragon from um lord of the rings right because he's human and he marries an elf and they talk about uh, the elf's wife, I forget, uh, uh, the elf's mother, I mean, not mother, father, says, do you really want to marry him because he'll be dead in a hundred years from now because humans in that The problem with that in The Lord born. of the Rings is that the, she, because of her bloodline, can choose to die as a mortal. So they didn't do that properly in the movies compared to the books. Right, right. But either way, that, you, but that was a deep choice for her to make. To right, that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. <laughs> um, and here, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know if she want to be a vampire, but if they do go that route, then it's going to be very much like Twilight. What if both in, her children are vampires? Because in Twilight, she turns into a vampire. Yeah. Um, the, and and you know it's like that's a, a strange you know is that a good choice to do that but you're right what happens if both of her her uh, children are vampires too does she want to become a vampire but then again even even matthew didn't matthew at one point say he wished he never became a, ba a vampire and i think marcus even said it once that he didn't want to become a vampire so everybody I, I, says that after a few thousand years i don't buy it <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it depends. I mean, in, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, he, when he dies, Dracula dies. Spoiler alert for a 150 year old book. Um, <laughs> Dracula finally has a smile of relief. But he's cursed. Did that, you right. say these people it, are cursed? No, I guess they're not. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because he was cursed. You're absolutely right. He didn't want to be evil, but he was evil because vampires are essentially evil in in that lore. So, Whereas in this, they can drink blood though? of animals. Right, it is perspective, partly, but he felt cursed, so, so he, he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, but, oh, no, in Dracula, he was really cursed. Vampires yeah, Dracula was really cursed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he was being controlled by, uh, by basically a force, meaning like demons or hell, without right. his permission. Um, but, so, I see what you're saying, that it's a matter of perspective, but again, it, it it isn't because it's not really him that's that's is that's the vampire the vampire is really like a, the demons and the hell that's in him rather than and these him. people can make their own choices and they've often made the wrong one as we can see yes. because power corrupts and immortality <laughs> can definitely corrupt because you have unlimited time to experience things so you're like who cares if I kill this person in a hundred years? No one will remember this. 
Right. What, what's that, that book that we read? Uh, Reincarnationist Papers, was it called? Or, yes, you know, the Reincarnationist yeah. Papers. Yeah, yeah where, where a person, these people are reborn after they die, and so for over, ever and ever and ever. And so they set up a Swiss bank accounts that, and they inherit, they give their their money to an unnamed person, which is, will be them in their next life. And so by the time it's 600, 700 years go by, they're multi-billionaires and they have all this knowledge and skill and they're born yeah. already with, with skills because, you know, if, if you know, if you're a uh, stained glass uh, maker, one of the characters is they are born. And then at the age of, age of 18 in their new life, they still have that skill. And, and so vampires could do that, but it seems like, a lot of vampires get even the quote unquote good ones get into uh evil as much as good throughout the centuries and 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 maybe because they don't think there is any afterlife because maybe i don't i know because why else would they decide not have empathy and even if they did have empathy why would they do all these horrible things classic again, human weakness you know i mean it's they yeah. i guess I don't know. I think it's a little weighted heavily on the side of the the villains in this show. Um, even the good vampires have a bit of evil in their past. Whereas I, I, there's, well, maybe Hubbard would be considered one that's not really done a lot of evil. He seems to have been a good person and vampire the whole way through, but we don't know all his history. So, sure, right. But the <laughs> history we do know is he's he's been he's been solid from beginning to end yeah but he's the only one i can think of that i can't you know that that's a so vampire. far we haven't gotten a, a well marcus i guess wasn't so bad either yeah yeah he seems all right and and, and his so there's uh, a few and that woman that is his sister right the scientist what's her i forget her name miriam? uh she she what's it was it miriam miriam is that her name that sounds right um, uh uh yeah miriam yeah that's it exactly yeah miriam yeah yeah she and she's pretty solid too she's seen i mean you know we don't know she's kind of a peripheral character even though she's listed in the main cast but uh we haven't heard seen anything or heard anything from her that's quote-unquote evil or bad i feel like though the longer you're alive the more likely to have had something in your past that you did that was really bad becomes likely well this the bills just scored a touchdown yes yes it's, it's, and I'm not a Bills fan because they beat the Patriots, but no uh, Bills. I'd rather have them in, in Kansas City. Fourth and thirteen, too. I know, I know, it was. They went for it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, they had to. Two yeah, they left. had no choice. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen. We're going man. for two, though. Mm, this is a. We'll see what happens. Uh, well, yeah, oh, if, yeah. if they do it, then, then a field goal can't win it for Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Come on. And I, and I, and I, like I said, oh, and he me... got it. <laughs> he got it. Yes, he got it. Yes, he did. He got it. All right. So I feel good as you can on. see, listeners, we, we are on football for we, a we are multi, minute. We are multitasking. <laughs> We're all NFL fans here. We're multitasking. We may well, be, this is, we... is kind of weird for me because I like, as if many of you know that you know I'm from Rochester, so the Buffalo Bills are our home team, but also now the chiefs are the St. Louis, the closest thing to St. Louis has to a home team. So, I mean, to, it's funny because uh, church this morning, I, I don't know how many Kansas city chief uh, shirts, uh, jerseys and sweatshirts and hats and all that sort of thing. I saw 
and I just felt like just yelling out, "Go Bills!" And, <laughs> well, you should have no. wore a Bill, Bill shirt to church. But oh, anyway, let's, 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 let's get back to. to <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Back to the um, no, it was my fault. But for, anyway, for but, it, but to, just to let you know, this reminded me. This remind the whole conversation reminds me of the movie Highlander, because you Ooh, had that's a very good one. You know, because you just watched that the other day. Yeah, because I mean, think about this. Because you have guys that, because you were talking about, uh, about okay, well, I die and then I leave my, you know, leave my money to somebody else, and of course they with all these acquired skills, you know, so that the guy is like leaving money to him, his money to himself, and he still has his skills and he still goes on, but then, um, but the thing is, I mean, if you. Think about it. I'm sure there are a lot of vampires that have gone back to this one. There's a lot of vampires like the mortals from from Highlander that probably wished that they weren't uh, a mortal or a vampire because like you, in back to Highlander, Sean Connery's character, you know, he was married and he, you know, and the, when the woman died, he was shattered and he just, you know, and it was it's just moments like that that really made him wish that he wouldn't live forever. You know, and I'm sure with someone like, you know, maybe with like Matthew, I mean, he he was supposed to be wed to uh, that one vampire woman that ended up getting killed. But um, the whole point, Will, was that uh, Matthew probably there are probably times where Matthew wished that he wasn't a vampire just because he got sick of the people of the people that were close to him, except for the vampires dying. What's interesting about your comparison is the final gift, if you take just the Highlander and nothing after it, is mortality. Like, he's supposed to be able to die now. He's going to live a full life and then die at the end of Highlander. Oh, I didn't know that. I just thought he was able to read everybody's thoughts or something like that. That's That's the point I got from it was when he talks about about it, when they were talking about what he can do. Well, you just saw it more recently than I did, so I'll take your word for it. You don't have to take my word for it. I could easily be wrong. That's what I got out of it. Well, it's very well, accurate, like though, say, the idea of just... more recently. Oh. You saw it more recently than I did, so I, I'm going to take your word for it over mine just because I don't know how long it's been since I've seen it. And now I got the Queen song in my head. Thank you very much. I know, now, me too. Now, Thanks. All right, well, 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 let's, uh, all right, that's a good analogy, but let's get back to the... the... <laughs> Yeah, Probably, yeah, sorry. Is, uh, and, and, any any further things that we want to discuss about episode three? What what was the very final scene of the episode? I keep on forgetting. Was it was that uh, Satu? Satu um, being approached. Satu with for Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, her basically right. saying "f off" to Benjamin. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna deal with Diana. You have no fear, but I'm I got nothing for you. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, anything else that we wanted to bring up on this episode? I thought it was a pretty good episode considering how fast they're going to have to move this story along to the end. You figure we are three episodes from the penultimate, right? We're the, yeah. the sixth episode will be the penultimate, which is where most of the major things are going to happen. Um, so we're not too far from that. So I thought they did a good job of covering a lot of different themes of what's going on in this episode. And it, right. they did a good job of Matthew and making him a little more contrite and not an ass. <laughs> and and I would like to say that I apologize to any of the Matthew supporters for my bad diatribe last week because this well, episode I think it was it was, it was me too. I'll, I'll take full words. 
but but again, he has done terrible things. You know, I mean, he but, has. You can't get yeah. around that. So it wasn't that. it wasn't like we were saying anything wrong. But um, he's definitely a different person this week than he was last week. Last week he was just totally annoying. different. This week, yeah. And I don't think we were wrong about how we felt him, how he treats Diana. Oh my God! That, that oh my just scored. God. They just ah. scored a sixty-yard touchdown. Holy smokes. All right. Um, anyway, let's get, get back on uh, this one. That's, that's nuts. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I, don't, I, I think it was probably intentional for me to make people like us not like Matthew last week. For people who haven't read the book, who are watching him last week, he was just sort of off. I think it makes his turn this week even stronger because – it yes. came off that way last episode and they had to do it quickly because of the amount of episodes. So yeah. you can only do so much with that. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's my feeling too. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, and it worked. It made us like, wow, what a change. Yeah. Yeah. And it even changed ransom's arc, right? I mean, the ransom totally hated him, but after a night of listening to who he killed, he was able to make peace with them and say that they would join his scion. So yep. that's pretty amazing. Indeed. Indeed. Yep. Um, so does that mean that they are going to create a scion and leave the, that's yes, the way yep. it's looking and that's going to create that's... a schism, right? I mean, there's going to be something, some bad stuff that happens because of that. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean they yeah. knew that it was they know it's gonna gonna do it. But you my question is, does that give them a place at the congregation? I'm thinking if they do do it, they're, they're, the congregation is gonna start collapsing too, right? Right. I mean, or they're part of the congregation because they're their own separate scion. Yeah. There's something not clear on is how many vampires are there actually out there? Like right, you have. Yeah. Are there is, ones in China, Japan? Is there a like scion? why are they not represented on the the council or the congregation? Right. So right. why does Baldwin get to represent so many vampires along with Joubert? What what right. makes them special? Why are they on the council? Right. Exactly. We, we were not uh, given that information. Well, uh, I, wonder, I, I wonder if it's in the too, right. Yeah, well, Domenico. Too, yeah, and Domenico. So, yeah. So it'll be curious to see where uh, if if anybody who's read the book that wants to email in and and let us know if there's any information to explain how people these families got on the council while other families aren't and what would a scion 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 do scion do to such a, a thing what would that destroy a um, a family you know and 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 would the family permit it? Can can they just do it without getting permission from the family too? I, I don't know. Well, and the other interesting thing is, so Knox brought Satu onto the council, right? Now, are there only yeah. two witch counselors, or is there a third one? That's a good question. I, I can't there was remember. A third one, I think it was a guy with glasses, but I yeah, there's a couple. There's there's a handful of people on the council. It's similar to like like the Jedi Council, where there's like yeah. 25, and, and none of them are, are important except for three. You know, right. but they all get a, a figure. 
But yes, Knox brought her onto the council. <laughs> he brought her onto the council, and then she helped get him kicked off. Yeah. So, I mean, who's going to go into his place now? Because he can never be on the council again, from what they said. Right. So. right. And, and who did he represent? Right. Exactly. He obviously had the power to bring someone new onto the council. So that's right. he must represent a fair amount of witches. Yeah, but we don't meet any of them. Right. We don't. They're all in the woodwork. We don't know how big an organization it is or anything. Yeah, because we don't. He doesn't have any henchmen or or people he talks to. The only person was Satu, you know, <laughs> because it, so it wasn't like he he left and then they show him, you know, with a group of like six or seven other witches saying, "All right, so what are we going to do? You know, who's you know, should we do this? Nothing. So we don't know how. Who is he? Why why does he have all this power? Is it just right? Uh, and how is he working with Shabir though? Too right. Well, I think that was a that's on the uh, down low. <laughs> yeah, and that was because they both hated the the, 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 the Claremonts, yeah. The, the yeah. Claremont family, yeah. And I, honestly, I have no idea why. Yeah, yeah, because because Knox just hates vampires. And Jabir right. wants to get rid of the uh Well, Knox's goal is just Claremont. to destroy vampires and Jabir is just a means to an end. You're right, exactly. Yep. Well, and like, plus, I can understand why Knox also hates the vampires because Elizabeth, who's the matriarch of that family, mass murdered thousands of witches. Well, yeah, so that, so that, that, yeah. that can make, you know, whether Knox is a scumbag or not, that can be enough to say, yeah, I don't like that lady. Yeah, yeah. I will never like that lady. And anything I can do to stop that lady or kill her, I will do that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's because thinking, she, yeah. Right. Not yeah, unfounded either, you know. <laughs> Right, right. Because if it was, if there was a legitimate legal system, she would have been in jail for a while until until she died. You know? But he's well, become kind of a monster himself by doing. Because he's that, killed his own know? people. He's killed his own right. witches. Yep. So, right, right, right. But they don't know, right? That he, he that was kind of hidden. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was almost like a a political assassination type. Like thing. her friend, friend. Yeah. I put that in quotes. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because he was trying to say that it had nothing to do with. Yeah, the whole thing was. Yeah, he. But they, everybody knows he's dirty. Everybody knows he's dirty. Yeah. Um. Anything else? I just uh, was a good another good episode. Really well done in that uh, redemption arc process for Matthew, and excited right. to see what happens with the Sion stuff. All right, but any any specific on the the episode itself that you wanted to bring up anymore? Or are we or you good? Well, I'm good on my end. I'm good. Yeah, yeah me too. What about you, Bert? Yeah, I'm all good. right. So, uh, all right, sounds good. So, uh, we can uh, do a wrap up uh, and our feelings on the, the episode. Uh, but before we do, uh, they uh, Bill's uh, just scored a touchdown. Uh, holy cow! Seventeen seconds left. They just scored a touchdown. Holy damn shit. it, Phil! You're five seconds ahead of me. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I, I know a buddy of mine always does that to me too. And it's like, oh. you know, he says, "Oh, I can't believe it." And then there's an interception like 17 seconds later. It's like, God damn. So anyway, I see um, them walking up to the line, and oh, here's a touchdown. Okay. <laughs> but they can't do it, right? I mean, even if it's even if they score two on the conversion on this end point, they're it's 33 to 29, right? Uh, 33 to 36 now. 
Oh, Bills. it's three-three. Oh, yeah, it, no, that's not showing Bills, up on my score. But okay. the Bills, the Bills are gonna get an extra point at least. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's thirteen seconds. Thirty-five, thirty-three. Yeah. I know they're known for, for choking KC on, to get on a touchdown. kicks. So. Didn't miss this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember that. That was the Tennessee Atlanta. No yeah, Atlanta. Why check? Why check? You remember that one? Oh, the kickoff. Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, nuts. the Bills have had some bad kicks. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, it, there there is a joke I remember way way back when like the the Bills first went to the Super Bowl or whatever, and the the guy that wanted to kick his name was uh, uh, Scott Norwood. And the, the joke was that Scott Norwood was so depressed that he wanted to hang himself in the locker room, but he couldn't kick away the chair. Ah. Bum, bum. All right. Well, let's get I'm back to this. Sorry that um, that was. All right. All right let's, all right, let's go. Let's just move. Let's, uh, <laughs> um, so, um, so uh, let's talk about uh, some podcasts there. Uh, Barrett, uh, there's another podcast that's done weekly. Uh, that's the, the main podcast for the network. What's that all about? The Dark Discussions podcast, where we basically talk about horror. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of genre and thrillers and, and horror yeah. Uh, movies. Yep, exactly. So yep. uh, you can catch that out. That's it comes out weekly. Uh, it's been around for 11, uh, 11 years. Uh, also, uh, um, Kevin, what, what's that podcast that uh, myself and Barrett and, and you sometimes join us and Sean sometimes join us? Um, we interview people on it and stuff. What's that, what, what's that all about? It's a Psychotronic Boutique. Um, and we cover a whole bunch of stuff that is not covered on Dark Discussions. We'll cover uh, various, you know, a couple TV shows, you know, a couple TV shows. We will cover, um, you know, other movies, a lot of independent movies. We'll even have the honor of interviewing some of the people that, uh, we're part of making the movies and, uh, my favorite, I have to admit my favorite last year was still, uh, interviewing the, and we had a lot of fun with a lot of the people we interviewed, but I think my favorite was still the, uh, the initiation. And that is actually saying something because we had some very, very good interviews last year. Uh, and, uh, it was, but yeah, it, it was fun and I'm looking forward to this year to doing more. Yep. So, uh, Halloween boutique psychotronic reviews. Uh, so, I look out for that one. <laughs> I screwed um, up the title again. Never right. asked me to do this. That's right. You got you got the the two hottest words. Yeah, you got the hardest boutique. part done. So that's yeah. important. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> and uh, of course, we have this podcast. And uh, also, uh, after Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires is over, look out for. Uh, other television show podcasts on this network, including uh, most likely the She-Hulk we're going to do. We're looking at the Lord of the Rings from Amazon Prime. We're looking at the new Game of Thrones that's coming out. Uh, also, uh, Lord of the West Rings. Yeah, when, when Westworld reappears, um, uh, the, the Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast will be back as well. Is that coming back, do you think? Is Westworld going to come back? I would think so. That that's that's a that's a pretty pretty good show, and I haven't heard anything that it was going to be canceled. Um, so we're assuming it's coming back. Uh, uh, then there's the Nevers podcast that we did called Bodices Bodices and Corsets. The Nevers podcast. So if that ever comes back, we'll we'll do season two on that. Um, but we never know. We we did drop. American Gods. We did have the uh, Searching for American Gods, American Gods podcast. And after 
season two, uh, we we decided to just write, uh, do a five-minute episode for season three saying that we decided to um, end it because there was just way too many other things that we felt were better and uh, whatnot. So we'll see how that goes, but uh, look out for that stuff as well. Uh, so let's get our final thoughts on this episode here. So, Sean, let's start with you. Uh, just as I said before, I really uh, appreciated the change in Matthew's character in this episode from the previous ones. I really thought they did a really good job of, you know, having more of an understanding that Matthew does have empathy and that he does have regrets for the actions that he's taken. And I thought it was just really, really well done. And uh they just keep dropping more strands for you to pull as to what's going to be, you know, what's coming next. So I'm um, just another great episode. Great watch. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah. For me. Uh, well, now that 43% of the season is over, um, this episode was really good. I think it was much better than the last episode. And um, I like it how they focus on less stories too. Uh, they really just focused on two main stories and then had a couple of smaller pieces here and there. Uh, and I like that a whole lot. So that was big. Um, and um, um, even though Matthew is still a little bit of an arrogant person um, or vampire, he actually um, uh, gets some uh, empathy again from me. And I, I like him a lot more. Uh, so yeah, um, it's, it's good. Um, I liked it. Let's go for you, Kevin. Yeah, uh, it was a very, like everybody else, this is a very good episode. It's It was good to see Matthew humble himself and actually show regret uh, because we very rarely saw any regret out of him at, at, at all. Um, and it's, oh, how did they, they tied. Yes, it's a field goal, but please continue. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, they uh um it was nice to see Matthew, like I said, just show empathy, show uh not empathy, but uh remorse. It was good to sh uh for Matthew just to actually be 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 vulnerable a little bit and really put himself at risk because he knows that i mean he he's strong he's powerful but he couldn't take on that room of vampires by himself there was no way and he knew that he was risking his life especially with these people but he did it and he knew it had to be done and he he figured it was worth the risk because i mean remember this is the first time where he said i don't want a new scion i don't want to break up my family but now he's realizing that yes he needs a he needs he needs to do a scion and uh, um you know we're we're seeing a change in matthew i don't i don't know if i would have ever really considered him completely arrogant but i mean he has done things his way you know for a good chunk of his life and now people are telling him to do things differently and he's probably for a while it's obvious that he's having he was having a tough time dealing with that and now he's dealing with it and realizing that yes he there there has to be changes made and we're seeing that in the last couple of episodes. All right, sounds good. And yes, they are going to overtime. Um, all right, let's go with you, Barrett. I really like this episode. It made Matthew more human. Um, you could see the human side of him and seeing his contrition 
was really, really well done. Uh, it's the best part of this episode in an episode of all good stuff, I thought. Um, I'm really curious where things are going to go, and I'm looking forward to continuing the show. All right, sounds good. Uh, once again, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com since uh, we use the, the network's email. Um, so just uh, email us that way or go to darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us uh, menu choice, and you can email us that way as well. Um, and we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, we do apologize for uh, the football updates because, again, we're all NFL football fans and it is the, the playoffs. Uh, but uh, that's okay. And we, we're going uh, to continue back to uh, closing this episode up. And so uh, do email us. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. So uh, with all that stated, Barrett, why don't you leave this out? Thanks again for joining us on a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires. Join us again next week when we do another episode.